Welcome back to Leatherheads Footy. My name is Morgan. On this episode, I've got three more potential rakeouts for the 2024 AFL fantasy season, starting with Marcus Windhager from the St Kilda Saints. Now, he's currently sitting at 9 or 8% ownership, sorry, and he's a defender midfielder. I think that defender status is what's bumping his ownership up a little bit. He's coming in priced at 570000 which has him priced as an average of 63. Now, the room for growth with Marcus comes with his start to the season, where his first five or so games, he was a little bit in and out of the side. He had three games starting as a sub, and that means that his average time on ground is 69%. Well, um, he attended 18% centre bounces for the year on average, which was actually down from 24% in his debut season. He's coming into his third year now, and I think, yeah... Third preseason, second full preseason after being managed a little bit in his first year, there's a lot of potential. The thing that this um, his breakout will come down to is position. I think he is in the best 22. The reason for that is, as I mentioned, indifferent start to the year, first couple of games. Then he went back to the VFL and he dominated in the VFL. So he had a score of 98, 157, which is massive, and he kicked three goals in that game, 91 and 120. After that, he came back into the AFL team and he averaged 74. It was interesting, though, because it wasn't necessarily coming back in one position, and it seems like Ross Lyon likes him, but he's just trying to find him a position in the team, and I think this really it ended up um, coming to his advantage a little bit because it showed his versatility. When he first came into the team, he was playing sort of a mixture of on-ball, um, maybe a little bit of half-forward, so he was, he was playing the 70 to 80% time on ground, but he was getting like 35% maybe time in the centre bounces, and then... Later in the year, where his biggest scores came, he actually switched to halfback, and he provided a lot of runoff halfback. I like him as a player. I think he adds a slightly different dimension to the St Kilda, uh, St. Kilda midfielder, which is a little bit one-dimensional. There's not much explosiveness. There's not much lateral power or movement, uh, and there's not much run out of the stoppages. I think Windhager can offer a little bit of that. Um, St Kilda obviously looked to address that, bringing in Paddy Dow. I think he's probably the only one who's a threat to Windhager's spot. There were quite a few, I guess you could call them aggressive delistings from St Kilda, and I think that Windhager will be in the best 22. I think Ross Lyon showed that he wants him in the team. It'll just depend what position he plays. This is where I think the decision comes down to. If he's in that midfield rotation, which I, like, I really think he should be, I think he potentially comes in as the fourth rotation, especially with Gresham moving to Essendon in the offseason. I think that there's that fourth mid spot, which generally it was Crouch, Steele, Ross, and a fourth guy kind of floated between heaps of different options. So um, Windhager got a little bit of a run in there. Philippou got a run towards the end of the year. Gresham got a run in there uh, by tail. But I really think that Windhager is the best option for that fourth mid-rotation and could even push ahead of someone like Seb Ross, who I think Steele and Crouch are locked in there. But Ross, maybe not quite as secure. He's 30 years old now. If Windhager gets that spot, I think particularly with his experience playing off half-back, he showed he's getting really good at floating into space for those um, little uncontested marks, and St Kilda do like to chip the ball around. He also showed like the willingness to run off half-back, get handball receives, and he uses the footy really well. His disposal efficiency was really high, and that's with handballs coming out of the stoppage, but that's also running off half-back. He kicks the ball well, and he makes good decisions. So I was actually really impressed with him. I think his position on halfback potentially and in the midfield is threatened by Paddy Dow, as I mentioned before. Also, maybe Riley Bonner coming um, over from Port Adelaide. But really, I think Windhag is, yeah, I think he's a better player than Riley Bonner. We'll just have to see how Paddy Dow settles in a preseason because Dow was a high draft pick, I think pick three back in 2017. So obviously they've got him in for a reason and it'll be interesting to see what impact Ross Lyon can have on his career. 
Um, the average of 63 is a little bit challenging. I think if he plays that midfield spot, he will put 15 to 20 points on that quite comfortably. Um, running off half back, it might be a little bit harder. But yeah, for me, it's a watch and see. I think, I think he, yeah, it, it's a really tricky one, um, especially with defenders having quite a few options floating through. I'll, I'll um, highlight another one soon. But there is real room for growth. Another preseason under his belt as a young player, as well as low scores. So he had a 15, a 16, a 20, a 38, and a 42. Um, that's included in his average. So his bottom five scores had an average of 26 points. And I think if he just plays full games, that's all that's required of him. His average will bump at least 10 points and then it's up to that natural progression and maybe getting more midfield opportunity to get maybe that 15 point bump or even 20 point bump that you're looking for for one of these breakouts. But yeah, I think quite impressive and it, it looks like he's settling into the team quite nicely. Moving on, next one we've got Ruben Jimby. This is um, another one of the requests. So Windhager and Jimby, they're not necessarily guys that I've highlighted, but I had a comment on the part one breakout video um, asking me to have a look at them. So I've, I've had a, a pretty close look and yeah, these are my opinions on those two guys. So Jimby, yeah, a little bit differently, um, kind of a reverse season actually to Windhager. He started in the midfield and started really well. He's a first year player. He was taken pick seven, I think. Um, so he came in, he came in with a ready-made body, really strong frame and like a real in and under contested player. He's really strong at ground balls and he's good at getting a handball out. He actually is quite a nice kick as well, but he, he's not necessarily that good at reading when to get into space for those uncontested possessions. And that showed towards the end of the year. Um, for me, I think he's a really good option. He's shown that he can match the physicality and he's also the future of this Eagles midfield in a like really, really rebuilding team. You've got Tim Kelly in there. You've got Dom Sheed in there and maybe Elliot Yo. although he really hasn't shown he can string together consistent games for a few years now. And I think he might float a little bit off half back. I reckon Jimby's got to be in there, especially because they don't really have that strong tackler with Yo not in the midfield. I think Jimby's a natural replacement for that. Um, so he started the year quite well. His first three games were really strong. And then he really trailed off towards the end of the year. He builds his score mainly off high tackle counts. Um, yeah, he, he had 16 tackles in one of the games, which is ridiculous, and he had 12 in another one. And then towards the end of the year, where these lower scores came, so he had scores of 30, he had like quite a few scores of 30. Um, he actually had a 15, 24. They were both injury and sub-affected, and then 34, 43, 48. So his, low, his bottom five games, an average of 33, a little bit like Windhager, if he just plays full games for the whole season, he'll bump his average up naturally. And also, if he plays a foolish season as an inside midfielder, which I think he's got the capability to do, and I think it's in the Eagles' best interest for him to play there, I really think that he can bump his average up towards 75, which is all you're really asking for him, like a 75, 77, especially maybe pre-buy. He could, he could average around that 75, 70, yeah, 80-ish which is all you'd really need. And then you can jump off him um, around the buyers. The only thing is West Coast struggling team. The other thing that dipped his score, and this is something to look out for, is he was moved to sort of halfback wing. I really don't think that's the go for him. I'm not sure if they were just trying to develop his game a little bit. Um, I don't think they could be trying to squeeze him into the team because let's face it, it was a really struggling West Coast side, but maybe trying to just expand his game a little bit. He does use the ball well, but he just looks a little bit lost. And I think his strengths are his tackling and his contested ground balls and feeding the ball out for clearances. So I just don't know why you'd like push him to the outside, especially you've got other guys coming through like Chesser, you've got Hoff, um, Kobe Burgle, who's... 
uh, first year or second year this year who didn't get a chance last year. I think he's he's an even better option running off halfback. So for me, I think Jimby should be in the midfield. I feel a, more confident about him than I do Windhager. I think Ross maybe will stick with the experience with Windhager um, pushed out of that rotation, but I think Jimby's just got to be in there, particularly for the start of the year. He started last season well. I think he'll do similar again, and with another preseason under his belt, um, he'll yeah, I think he'll capitalise and he'll he'll be a good a good option. It's just whether he can maybe develop that outside game a little bit, hopefully get some experience from his time um, at halfback and on the wing. But I think even, yeah, just second preseason, he'll he'll be pretty dominant. He's a big, big, strong boy, um, powerful, yeah, and sticking those tackles. I think a little bit like a Matt Rowell, very similar to Matt Rowell, actually, in the way that he plays. Um, I think he's, yeah, he's a guy who is looking pretty strong heading into his second year. And finally, this is, um, so yeah, as I mentioned before, the other two were requested. So obviously if you've got players you want me to look at, particularly like guys heading into their, you know, first, second, third, fourth years, those are the guys I focus on, um, leave a comment and I'll have a look at them. Like I'm, I'm happy to, I want to make videos that you guys want to watch basically. Uh, and it also, sometimes it like, it makes me look at players that I wouldn't otherwise open my eyes a little bit, just a different perspective. This guy, um, I've put him in because Kane Corns came out last week and said he's got the potential. This is Josh Weddle from Hawthorne, should say that. He's ending into his second year. Another first round pick, but like in the teens for Hawthorne. Kane Corns reckons he's got the potential to be the game's best player. And watching vision of him before, like he's got some serious ability. The thing that counts against him in fantasy is he actually had a really consistent first year, which is unusual. Um, I think mainly because he found his feet in the VFL first. I was expecting him because, like, he's ready-made. He's 192 centimetres. He came in at, like, 86 kilos. Now they've got him at 92. So he's almost key position size. He's the best runner at Hawthorne, and they've got a couple of good endurance athletes there. I expected him to play round one last year, and he didn't. He started in the VFL, found his feet, and then when he came into the AFL team, he just looked really assured, and he, he did some impressive things. He's, like, he's an awkward size to pick a position for. I actually prefer him as a defender, although obviously he's got the running capability to play on the wing. And he played most of his footy as a defender in his first year. But he's all, he's sort of got everything. Like he he's super competitive. He spoils well. He tackles well. Took a couple of big hangers in a couple of games and he even kicked a few goals pushing forward. He uses the footy really well and he is good at finding space. Um, as I mentioned before, his consistency probably works against him because he's priced at that average of 64 he didn't really have any low scores in his first year. His, um, his lowest five were actually 46, 47, 48, 53, and 55. So super consistent. A couple of ways we can look at this is one, there's not really as much room for improvement because he averaged 83% time on ground. So there weren't any of those low time on ground scores. There weren't really any low scores, um, which means that there's no obvious room for improvement except for the fact that he's heading into his second year. It'll just depend where he plays. I think Hawthorne as a team are going to improve this year. But for me, I think Weddle is best suited in that team playing like a third defender because he can play on that mobile third tall. Like he played on Jeremy Finlayson against Port. He played on Eugle Hagen against the Western Bulldogs. That's kind of who I see him playing on. The tall forwards that are sort of too mobile for your typical key defenders, Weddle is the perfect matchup for them. And he'd be really tough to play on with his endurance, with his closing speed. He's just really powerful. I'd love to see him get a go through the midfield, but the Hawks' mid young midfield especially is stacked at the moment, and he needs a little bit more development, I think, um, on the outside. And he's just that strong in the air, you wouldn't want to waste him moving through the midfield. And I think that's also why we probably won't see him on the wing. 
that's where I see his greatest opportunity for scoring would be on the wing, partnering Carl Amon, because they don't really have a natural second winger. Harry Morrison played a little bit there. I don't think he's like a long-term um, winger for Hawthorne. Lockie Bramble as well. I think he might find himself pushed out of the team. But, yeah, I think if he plays on the wing, maybe he could push an 80. Um, I, but for me, I think he plays down back. And because of that, playing down back, being a little bit more accountable um, and potentially... Yeah, not having those obvious low scores to drop off and boost his average, I think it works against him. But as far as an actual player, someone to get really excited about. So for these three, um, I'd probably be most bullish on... I'm most confident of Jimby's position. I think Windhager has the most upside if he gets the midfield role. Um, and Weddle is the best player of the three, but has the least upside because I can't see him at all playing that inside mid role. I think... He's the most likely to um, improve. Like, he's showed steady progression. He's progressed at every game he played in the VFL. He played about... I think he only played three in the end. He must have had an injury early. But he improved every game. And then at AFL level, he just showed... Like, he didn't He didn't really have any bad games. Um, and he competed really well. He was very impressive. So, thanks to Kane Corns for um, just a little reminder of how good this guy can be. Those are my three players um, for this one. Keep on the lookout for part three. And if you haven't watched part one, have a look at that. I covered George Wardlaw, uh, Matthew Johnson, and Jason Horn Francis. Thanks for listening. See you next time.